You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the 24th episode of the Level Flight Podcast. My name is Elliot, and I'm joined, as always, by Brian and Connor. It's the playoff preview, boys. It's the playoffs. It's the playoffs. We've got a special background. Special this has to be the coolest the logo that I've ever logo. seen. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to get into it today, talking about Jets Vegas starting on Tuesday. What would that be? The 19th of April, I believe. Uh, 18th. I believe so. or 18th of April? 18th. 18th, yeah. 18th. Sorry, yes, because tomorrow is the 16th. That would be correct. So on the 18th of April, on Tuesday at a late time of 8.30, actually not as late as I thought the games were going to be, <laughs> the Jets will be in... That's my bedtime, come on. <laughs> it is. Exactly. The Jets will be in Vegas, Sin City, to play the Golden Knights. And yeah, today we're just going to talk about two teams, how they stack up, a couple different guys to look out for on either team. Um, I think just first, we're just probably going to talk about what we think... Of well, I I may want to touch on the end the last game of the season just qu- quite briefly going into the playoffs, but other than that, it'll just be Jets Vegas today. Yeah, that was the game where everyone rested. Um, that the depth guys, you know, gave it their all, showed some heart. But honestly, um, kind of impressed with uh, the effort with some of them. Like that was really yeah. they they there was some fight in those, those guys. So uh, Colorado was chasing a division title, and yeah. they stuck with them you know uh yeah so that was good um but here we are uh i have a few younger siblings and if they think they're sleeping at all this week they've got another thing coming because these games are late yeah Yeah. and if the jets are tied in the third period and it's 11 30 at night i don't care it's the playoffs so you can sleep when you're dead that's my that's my uh that's my take (laughs) but there this series is filled with storylines like just oh, yeah. uh, Western Conference final rematch. Um, Jets fans remember that one quite well. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury goalied them. The Jets, you know, won all the underlying numbers. But goaltending uh, was the difference in the series, much like it could be in this one, right? Um, Lauren Brassois, former Winnipeg Jet, <laughs> is uh, projected to be the starter. Um, so I guess we could start there with the goaltending battle. Just like Brassois, like, on fire and he's playing really well lately and i'm pretty he, sure it was the nhl's second star of the week or something he single-handedly and, won that game for them against seattle like that yeah. was unreal like i i was i was writing something as i was uh watching it and it felt like the entire time that i had it on in the background it was just someone screaming about how swad made a save <laughs> yeah. um and uh, and good ones too like it wasn't just like he was you know making these super easy ones but seattle was you know at that point, they were still unsure of what was going to happen uh, seating-wise because L.A. was playing at the same time, and that's who they needed to help them move up into a division spot, which, in hindsight, for them, I honestly I would feel more comfortable playing uh, Colorado than Edmonton, but, um, yeah. th- but they didn't know that yet. So they were playing incredibly hard trying to move up in the standings there, and absolutely brick walled by by Brassois. which is interesting because he had hip surgery earlier in the year uh and if my memory serves me correctly he did like a rehab stint in the ahl and was not good he was like struggling 
big time in the AHL. And then they yeah. called him up because they've had a million injuries. And here he is. He's hasn't lost a game in regulation. He's like seven, seven, zero and three or something ridiculous. Um, and he's the NHL second star of the week last week. And he looks great. And usually hip surgeries mean, mean like game over for goalies. Like you need your hips to play goalie. You're going up and yeah. down. You're going side to side. You need your hips. Right. Um, but he's been great. Uh, the jets, I like, they obviously have the advantage in net in this series, um, with Connor Halbuck and the way he's playing lately. Yeah. It's not close, but then again, if Lauren Brossois keeps playing the way he's playing, um, that the biggest advantage that the jets have going into this series can be shortened up pretty quickly. Um, the the thing too, like goalies are voodoo in the first place. Exactly. Uh, so there's no properly predicting, but it's also, this is unlike, you know, regular season matchups where you can catch someone in one off game. Um, you're at the very least playing four straight against the same team. So there's also the ability to adapt, uh, either from the goalie standpoint or the shooter standpoint. So by, you know, game three or four, uh, especially for the Jets case, if you figured something out on Bersois, suddenly that the series looks probably drastically different. Um, but once again, it's it's impossible to know what the goaltending situation will look like at the end of game four. Um, yeah. Because let's, let's be real, Bersois played no playoff games. And their backup conveniently has two cups. And <laughs> we we all know how much in organizations how much the whole Stanley Cup pedigree is valued. How quickly do you think they turn to quick if Brassois looks like he's overmatched? Yeah, I think pretty quickly. Yeah, like if the Jets come out game <laughs> one, pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. No, no pun intended. I honestly think if the Jets come out and put up six goals in game one on like eighteen shots or something ridiculous, yeah. Um, they go to quick game two, like I, I I think the the Stanley Cups and the experience that comes with that will make them not hesitant at all to just put all of Brassois' regular season work behind and yeah. say this is this is a new season, this is the playoffs, uh, and Jonathan Quick's the better guy for us moving forward. Yeah, um, and that that's something the Jets need to do is win. They need to win a game on the road, game one or two. They need to win one of those games. They can't. As great as the whiteout is, and as much as an advantage as that is, when the team has goaltending that's this spotty, you need to win a game on the road. Uh, if you, especially when you're the eight seed, right? You yeah. need an advantage somewhere in the series. You can't start down 2-0. Uh, yeah. So figuring out Brassois or Quick in one of these first two games is crucial to winning the series. So that that's something that's probably the biggest thing to watch for going into game one is the goaltending battle because obviously the Jets have Connor Hellbuck top five goalie in the league um, as close to a sure thing as you could get in net. And then on the opposite side, Vegas has the complete opposite. Um, yeah. And the way the series ended in 2018 with Marc-Andre Fleury goalieing uh, the Jets, uh, this is a chance for the hockey gods to, uh, to, to make things right and uh, have Connor Hellebuck steal a series. I just, I have such terrible memories of thinking how many goals they could have had in 2018 especially Shifley who honestly uh, there was that one game in Vegas where he had like three or four that were sure goals in any other situation but somehow Flurry was there 
somehow, uh, some way. And then the thing that bothers me too is the fact that he came out and then he looked below average in the series against Washington for the Cup. Yeah. And it's it's very much a what could have been moment. And this is by no means the same team for I mean for either team. Um, but you, it's it's hard not to think about it as a fan, like what could have been in playing Vegas and wondering what could be if you, you know, come in as the underdog and surprise some people. Yeah. And again, if the Jets win this series, Vegas fans will be thinking what could have been with their number one seeded Pacific yeah. Division team, right? Best team in the West. Uh, what could have been if Mark Stone and Logan Thompson were healthy, right? Um, Mark Stone, we don't know. He might play. Yeah. Hasn't he been skating these last couple of weeks? Yep. Um, so uh, there's the goaltending advantage, but the Jets also need to be healthy, right? Nikolai yeah. Ehlers is, we don't know. We don't know if he's going to be ready for game one. The Jets said he passed concussion protocol, so it's not that, but they're still reevaluating him. They're still taking a look. Um, maybe it's something else, upper body, but they need to be healthy because if the Jets are going into the series without Ehlers and Vegas gets stoned back at any point in the series, there goes basically there goes your goaltending advantage. And if <laughs> Vegas is healthy, that's why they're the one seed. Is they're a really good team. And if they're healthy, they're even better than what their record says because they haven't been healthy all year. Mark Stone hasn't played in 2023. Like he's just been hurt. So that that's another big thing is the health of Ehlers and Stone. Um, because if <laughs> the Jets can't go in with any disadvantages as the eight seed, right? You got to be perfect. Uh, so that's that's another thing to watch for game one. But this actually isn't the worst matchup for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, I mean, it's not great, but it's not. It, it could have been much worse. It, it could have been. Um, we can move on to our we want to do a little players to watch thing. We'll start with Vegas just because we're previewing the series. Uh, people likely know uh, more about the Jets at this point. So we'll start with Vegas. Brian, we can start with you just because. What like there are so many players. They have such good depth. Um, the goaltending is a is a big thing. Their their blue line is great. Um, but if you had to pick out one player to to kind of keep an eye on that storyline, who would you pick? Well, I mentioned him earlier in a similar thread, but I think Jonathan Quick is uh the X factor of sort of their their questions they have. I don't think he is anywhere near where he used to be. Uh, he started off really strong there and then sunk back to, you know, below league average where he was all season in LA. Um, but I think though that it's something to watch because I have no idea how much Vegas values his pedigree. Um, for years, he was, uh, you know, up there with among the best goalies. He has won two cups uh, and is despite that being so many years ago, uh, teams still look at that and go, he's got the experience. Um, so as we mentioned, like if Brassois fumbles at all, do we see quick and they run with quick, even if, you know, there's, there's some questions about his performance. Like I, I just, I think that personally, I think that having Jonathan quick and net is an advantage for the jets. Um, especially for a T cause the jets have finally started shooting again. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, quick is the, it's funny. I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of people. The only reason you see Jonathan quick on those like greatest saves list is because he overcommits to shots and gets super out of position and has to send himself flying across the crease. 
So if the Jets just shoot low and get rebounds, chances are they're going to have a pretty good shot at, uh, you know, burying something. Um, Brassois is just a little bit more of a wild card because we've never seen him under this sort of pressure. Yeah, uh, that that's a pretty bold pick because Quick might not even play a game. That's the thing. Yeah. I, that's that's, that's kind of why I picked him though, because there's the uncertainty there. But if he right. does get in, then suddenly call. the series could change in a different direction. And if he gets in, it likely means the Jets are doing something right, right? Yeah. Because if Brassois is playing well, the Jets aren't winning. They're just gonna roll with Brassois. If Quick plays a game, that means the Jets got to Brassois. They won a game on the road, or they lit him up uh, for seven goals in a game. Whatever. Uh, and I think it's possible given how the Jets have scored lately. Remember, they scored 21 goals on that five-game homestand. Their offense is clicking. It's the new lines. It's Shifley to the yeah. wing. It's Ehlers, Nemesikov, Wheeler, second line. Nino on the third line. That third line's playing great. Um, we'll touch more on that later when we get to the Jets players to watch. But, Elliot, I want to hear your Vegas player to watch. So I'm going to go with Jonathan Marcheseau. Um was just looking on Money Puck. I know numbers don't mean everything. Um, I don't have his exact numbers. Uh, for the last, te- well, this season, he has 20 goals, 29 assists. Last 10 games, he's got seven points. Last five games, goal, two goals and an assist. But while looking at his expected goals, this year, totaling the entire season, he has an expected goals of 15.29. So that's about four off of Kyle Connor. And he only has like Cal Connor has what a 30 goal year at this point. Um, let me finish with 34 mid 30s. Let me fact check the 31. So 31, three goals yeah. off. So theoretically, if you think about it, Cal Connor is probably creating more chances. Um, but his expected goals per 60 is 0.86 and 0.2 per game. Um, so when you look at the there's a table on money puck that goes through you can sort it by expected goals versus goals he is considered to be probably middle of the road uh funny enough it would be really funny if he came back in the series uh william carrier according to money puck would be considered a sniper um but marcia so is considered to be one of their better scorers on the team so i just think that he next to jack eichel on that first line will probably create enough off or at least a decent amount of offense for them um i think him and eichel seem to work pretty well um yeah so his expected goals on that table is 0.9 and it is that's per 60 and then his xg i believe yeah his xg per yeah his goals per 60 is 0.9 sorry and his xg per 60 minutes is 0.86 so he's scoring about as much as he's creating i would say so it's not like he's overperforming or he's underperforming so he'll he should be somebody to watch just because he will probably provide most of the offense next to eichel um i look up and down these look up and down the lines and i other than like william carlson maybe phil kessel who is one of my favorite he's one of my favorite leafs of all time so i'm always going to root for phil to score but you look at this lineup and without someone like mark stone who also creates offense for them. I know he's more of a defensive winger, but he does create offense for a team like Vegas. I think Marcia so will probably be next to Eichel as long as, uh, and Connor will probably get into it with about Eichel, <laughs> a little bit of a spoiler. Um, those yeah. two line mates, I think are going to create most of the offense for the Golden Knights. Yeah. You guys saved me their, their top line center. This is a layup. 
<laughs> I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Jack Eichel. Uh, his first time ever playing in the playoffs, which is, well, I guess it's believable when you take into account that he played for the Sabers for like five years. Yeah. Um, but that storyline is something to watch because we haven't seen a motivated playoff Jack Eichel before. Uh, he's a point per game player. He's got 66 points in 67 games, 27 goals, 40 assists. Uh, he's a playmaker. He signed a big contract. He's got that $10.5 million contract. Um, and he's he's the key to all of it, especially if they don't have Mark Stone. Uh, they need people to create offense. He's their guy. Um, he's been in and out of the lineup down the stretch. I don't know if that's resting or if he's actually dealing with something. Uh, but that's that's such a huge component to what Vegas does is their depth down the middle. And it all starts with the top line center, right? They've got Eichel, they've got Carlson and Stevenson, all centers down the middle. The Jets match up well uh, with Dubois, if if they put Shifley back at center, um, Lowry. Uh, but with Shifley on the wing, I would argue that Vegas has an advantage down the middle. Because uh, Chandler Stevenson, again, I'll, I'll kind of cheat here and go with a second player. He's their second leading scorer. He's got 65 points in 81 games, and 49 of those are assists. So he's a big-time playmaker as well. Um, but no, I'll stick with Jack Eichel for now. He's he's a two-way player. He's he's their best player. Um, and if they're going to fill the net and overcome their goaltending issues, he's going to be at the center of it all. Their power play runs through him. Um, it, it's an easy pick to watch, and it'll be easy to watch him because he'll have the puck on his stick the most if you're watching Vegas. Um, we can move on to the Jets now, though. It's NBA playoffs time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. I'll start for this one. We'll go in reverse order. We'll go me, Elliot, Brian. Snake draft. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I want the first pick in this one. Um, no, but Brian actually wrote a great article for the Thank Hockey you. Writers um, outlining some players to watch and I'm going to steal his idea. Um Connor Hallebuck. I talked about the goaltending goaltending advantage earlier and my whole point for this is the goaltending advantage has to actually be an advantage. If Connor Hallebuck comes out and isn't at his Vesna level and isn't at the level he's been playing the last 2 weeks, 
the Jets have no chance in this series. If goaltending is even, the Jets will not win this series. So Connor Hellebuck has the chance to steal two or three games. And then if the offense can steal another one, if the power play can steal another one, that's how the Jets are going to win this series is on the back of Connor Hellebuck. Um, again, I'm choosing Jack Eichel and Connor Hellebuck. Like, obviously, you're going to watch these players. But the reasoning behind Hellebuck is they have such a large advantage in net that if they don't take advantage of it, this series is over before it even starts. So Connor Hellebuck has to be great. Um, I'm stating the obvious, but this advantage has to be the biggest advantage for the Jets. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, he is, he almost stole that game in Vegas earlier in the year. Um, the one that went to OT that saw Jack Eichel score uh, the OT winner. But he has the chance to steal games like that, make 40 saves, make 50 saves, and the Jets squeak out a 2-1 win on the road. And in the playoffs, it doesn't matter if you win in regulation in OT. You just got to win, baby. Just win, baby. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll move on to you, Elliot, but I'm staying the obvious and going Connor Hellbuck. I'm going to go with the trade deadline acquisition, Nino Niederreiter. Um, another shout out to Brian. Um, oh. <laughs> um, he In his article. Uh, it's he still did talk Brian's about... content day. Yeah, it is. It's still um, Brian's content. Well, he released it before the episode. So True. I just, I'm using it as a Are reference. You blaming point. me? No, I'm giving you credit that you're on the ball. That's what it He's is. He's going to see a massive bump in views uh, Monday morning. Monday morning when this comes Monday out. Monday morning when we when we post this. Um. Anyway, yeah. Nino has played 82 games in the playoffs. He's played on those Minnesota teams. He's played with the Predators. Um. I don't actually know. Sorry, yes, the the Canes as well. Um. I was going to talk about numbers again like I did with Marcia, so I don't even think I need to. I don't even think I need to bring up the XG numbers. I think it's just pretty obvious when you watch him play um, that he is just, he just generate he, he has given life to a third line that I'm sorry, at times looked dead. Mm-hmm. That line, unless it was on the penalty kill with the, a couple of those guys, it looked like a dead line to me anyway. Um, I will throw out there that his XG per 60 is 0.93 and his goals per 60 is one point. One one, um, money puck does have him considered to be one of the top quote unquote snipers on the Jets, uh, next to Mark Shifley. Uh, his numbers actually, puck so yeah, much. that's the thing, yeah. <laughs> um, he at money puck would actually say that he is a uh, yeah, probably a better. The stats say that he's a better shooter than Kyle Connor, but obviously, we know that's not true. Um, it's also they, they profile differently as shooters, like Nino makes his his camp in front of uh yeah. in front of the goal in front of the net and... he he's like one of my favorite examples to use he's like a brendan gallagher um when brendan gallagher <laughs> had that 30 goal year um <laughs> that was that was he he was one of my favorite players to watch anyway that's besides the point um when we talk about nino uh his ability to play on both ends of the ice and just kind of give energy to a line no matter where he is in the lineup, I think is just super valuable for a team. And I know we talked about it at length, but adding depth at the deadline, I know it wasn't the depth we were looking for, but at least adding Nino seems to have at least given the Jets a little bit of extra energy to kind of keep going here. Um, Obviously, when we talked about the trade deadline, we wanted Nino and, and we just got Nino and Vladdy, who Vladdy has been very good as well. But if we could add those two plus, a big name. I think the Jets would also be in a better position than they would be right now. But 
still just having those two and especially Nino, especially the last couple of games has been really good. Um, last five games, I was just going to see, yeah, he's got three assists his last five, his last 10, he's got six points. So he, he's been all over everywhere. You can point to a bunch of different situations where he's had his handprints all over the game. And so if he can continue that in the series, I think that that is huge for Vegas, who I think is a good team, but they have a lot of guys in their bottom six that are kind of like the Jets, where they only really play defense. I think with Barron showing up a little bit more offensively, he was another name I was going to throw out there. But if you add Barron and you add Nino, who's now in the bottom six, that gives the bottom six a little bit more offense, I think, than... I mean, Vegas is throwing out Phil Kessel in the bottom six, and that's really all your offense that you're going to get from that bottom six, I would think. But the Vegas is built a little bit differently. Well, I mean, I guess they're kind of built the same, if you really think about it. Vegas is trying to build a more defensive bottom six, and the Jets have more defensive bottom six. But if you really think about it, Nino could be a very important X factor. I can see him scoring one or two or at least having a – a hand in one of uh, an important goal the Jets score in any one of these four games. So, well, it's uh, it's in, you mentioned the third line, and I'm staying on the third line here, and uh, I'm gonna talk about Adam Lowry, who since I on I, I attribute this largely to to Nino, uh, the line of Niederreiter. Lowry and Appleton since they were put together has been the best line on the team in terms of what they've been generating. Mm-hmm. Um, which normally when you see a line centered by Adam Lowry, isn't the case because usually for him defense and penalty killing, that's more of what you expect and what he profiles as. But I think we saw the reaction from the team after his little, you know, his fight there with Ryan Reeves. I, I truly think that he asserted himself sort of as like the heartbeat of the group. Um, I think him being that sort of emotional leader of the team while also being able to center a very productive line uh, that is hot going into the playoffs is absolutely massive for the Jets to generate outside of that top six. Uh, I was going to talk about Shifley because there's a lot of talk about you know what he he's had some turbulence this uh, this year. There's been a lot of quiet, uh, you know, stretches, a lot of disappointing stretches, um, and it's it's easy to talk about that and how it'd be nice to have, you know, 2017, 18 playoff Shifley show up, uh, and if he does, great. But if you get any sort of you know shut down nature of the, you know, any of the top six, like you're looking at, you know, dead offense. But if you have three lines that are actually able to generate, that's um, immediately becomes harder for the other team to match up against. So yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> I, I like seeing though Lowry being able to actually, you know, use his game uh, and you know work with guys like Nino, where with, you don't need the finesse necessarily with Nino. He just knows where he needs to be. Uh, and you don't get finesse with Appleton and Lowry, but that's fine. They're just doing what they can, and it, it's working. Yeah, and you guys brought up two two players from that line. Uh, just to kind of further that, it would not shock me in the slightest. I'm I, I probably, like, it's probably a guarantee that when the Jets are at home, they're going to match up the Lowry line with the Eichel line. So that, that just furthers your guys' point on how crucial these players are. 
because not only do they need to chip in offensively and stay hot, but they need to shut down Vegas's best player, right? Um, I I wouldn't I can't see the Jets putting the Dubois line on the Eichel line, maybe the Nemesikov line, uh, but I I think it's very likely that they match up Lowry and Eichel. It'll be interesting to see how Vegas attacks that. Yeah, uh, I think they'll use high leverage situations like offensive zone faceoffs and stuff to use Eichel against Shifley, Dubois, Connor, uh, just because that line isn't as strong in their own end as the Lowry line, uh, but. Yeah, keep an eye on the matchups too. Obviously, matchups uh, are a huge thing in the playoffs. Uh, but you guys highlighted it great there with the third line because that line will be huge uh, when when the Jets are at home. Yeah, I just want to bring. I saw this on Twitter not too long ago, actually, um, and I want to bring this up. So you guys are talking about money puck. Um, they have series odds. Mm-hmm. The Winnipeg Jets and Vegas Golden Knights series. They give Vegas a 51.1% chance to win. That is the closest series by 8%. The next closest is Boston, or Florida. sorry, is Dallas Dallas uh, at 55%. So it's 5% difference. I didn't see Dallas there. But they have, like, this series is apparently, according to Money Puck, the closest call out of any series of the first round. Well, so I was going to I don't know. <laughs> I was going to make mention. Um so I was again looking at on funny enough money puck we were look I was looking at the expected goals differential for the entire season for both Vegas and for the Jets. Um so just looking at trends, Vegas obviously has been in the positive this entire season. They've had their ups and downs, but you look at where they are currently to end the season, their expected goal differential for their last game on the 11th, or excuse me, on the 13th was 0.19. Now, the Jets have been in a different place. Funny enough, early in the season when they were winning, they were actually in the negative. They're actually losing the expected goals battle every single game. But then you look at their recent form and you look at their game on the 13th, or even the game, I guess you could see against the Wild is 1.15, and they've been trending up. In games that they've been winning early on in the year, they were losing the XG battle. And in games during their two-month skid, they were actually winning the XG battle over most teams. And now recently when they've been winning, they've been winning the XG battle. So I would say right now, if you think about trends, which lots of people like to talk about trends in coming into the playoffs, theoretically the Jets are on a more positive trend than Vegas. Vegas has been trailing off, especially since the beginning of March. If you're just looking at expected goals, which I know obviously isn't the only stat you can look at, but if you're just looking at shot and chance generation, which a lot of people like to do, Vegas is currently dipping. The Jets have kind of been up and down, but currently on the up. No, I I totally agree with that. Even during their skid, the Jets had games or like the majority of their games were just, we talked about it. They're getting goalie. They can't finish their chances. Um, there were games where they looked lifeless. They got dominated. I'm not discrediting that. They went on a two-month skid. Like, it happened. But if you want to drink the Winnipeg Jets Kool-Aid and think that they're going to come out and win this series, there is a very solid argument that they've been playing well for a month and a half. They just weren't finishing their chances. And now they're getting hot at the right time. Hellebuck has a 930 save percentage and a 177 goals against average. Scott Billick tweeted that out the other day in his last 13 games, right? If this team can finish their chances and Hellbuck can play like that, go ahead and drink the Winnipeg Jets Kool-Aid because they're, they're going to win this series if they play like that. 
Well, they're going to win this series. I, I think they that go. there's also an argument to be made that the special teams battle yeah. favors the Jets. Yeah. Uh, yeah as bad weird. as their power play has been, uh, Vegas's penalty kill isn't very good, and Vegas's power play isn't very good. Um, both of which are, I believe, their uh, I think their power play is ranked 18th in the league, uh, hovering right around that 20% mark. Uh, yeah. I think the Jets are just below that at 19. So that's something. The difference is the Jets have like the they have a top 10 penalty kill. Vegas has the 19th best. Yeah. So you're looking then, at a team that has holes. And despite having for the back half of the season, especially a horrific power play, the Jets have a chance if they figure something out, which they started to at the, the end of the season there. Suddenly, it becomes a little bit clearer for them to actually, you know, swing the series in their favor. It, it's it's definitely possible at five on five. I think they they profile fairly equally. Um, but special teams are key. If the Jets find find any success on the power play, I think they've got a clear cut chance of winning this. The thing is, I, I that's a great point that you bring up because the Jets' power play was lifeless. Like, yeah. if you want to talk about something about the Jets, uh, like, season that just looked absolutely lifeless at times, it was the power play. And yeah. over the homestand, the game against the Wild, Nikolai Ehlers, who we've been banging the drum for him to be on power play one, they He's put there. him back on power play one, and the power play looks miles better uh, than it did at, at those points in the year, right? So even with that three-month-long hiatus or vacation uh from the power play they're still only a percentage lower than vegas um yeah. i'm sure vegas at some point in the year had their own massive slide um because they have enough talent to to make the power plays even but if you're right if the jets can figure this out uh and i have more faith in the jets penalty kill than i do vegas's right like you said jets have a top 10 kill they've well, had it all also year. their best penalty yeah. killer is hellebuck so yes exactly i, I prefer uh, goaltending uh in, in the goaltending battle as well in the penalty killing it's you it, it's it profiles way better for the jets um it's just i have a hard time sort of predicting things as, as i said earlier uh let's say first two games jets come out uh even if they split right they come out but they have a great power play great penalty kill mm-hmm. then You've got for Vegas though. You've got two games now that you can adapt. It's not like yeah. you're playing them, you know, once and you see them in a couple of months, and it's like you're both teams are different. You're seeing them four games in a row. So it's uh, I think what's key for the Jets too is to not go insane with the changes if something's not working. Yeah, because yeah. the worst think, possible thing they can do is over adjust. Do we think they need to stick with the lines that they've that's been working? I think so. Don't like change the lines. The last time we changed the lines, we went on the two-month skid. That was oh. around the time that we went on the two-month skid was when <laughs> the lines were working, we lost a game, and bonus threw everything out the window and went, all right, we're going from scratch. Like, what? Why? No, if, if we keep the lines yeah. the way they were before this last game, if you look at the previous, the game against the Wild, nothing should change everything should stay the same the greatest saying of all time if it ain't broke don't fix it there's no reason to make changes yeah 
Yeah, I agree. I I mean, I think they definitely need to stick with those lines for the first two games. Uh, but then when you come back home, the matchups are so different. Uh, we'll see if they if they do decide to change, and if they're down 2-0, I wouldn't mind seeing a change. Like I don't know. Maybe, of course, of maybe course. It, I'm not I'm not yeah. against change. Right. I'm just saying like right now, right. don't do anything. Game one and two, they have to stay the same. I agree. Like there's no reason to change them going into game one and two. I don't care if Shafley wants to play center. Um, he's playing the wing. It's working. You know, like keep it. Um, well, he plays center like he's a winger anyway. So let's. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey, am I wrong? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to say you're wrong. If, if, I, I, I don't want to be, I, I know I'm quote unquote an armchair GM, but my, my philosophy has always been the team, even when I've played sports. So if I'm bonus and I hear Shifley's, anything out of Shifley's mouth about, I want to go back to center. I just look at him and go, no, you're doing this for the team. And if you want to play and you want to get ice time, you're playing the wing because it's working. Don't, don't even come and talk to me about, unless it has to do with, Hey, I think if we do this, this, and this, or I want to change this strategy with our line, like I would, I would honestly, if I were bonus, just look at him and go, no, you're not, you're not doing anything. You are playing right wing. And that's the end of that conversation. And the reason I bring that up is not because I like know Mark Shifley personally, and I know he wants to go back to center. Whenever he moved to wing, everyone was saying, oh, we know this is a temporary change. Shifley's going to go back to center. It's just a, it's just a wrinkle, whatever. But then it worked for yeah. two weeks right no one was expecting that no one was expecting the jets to go on a roll to end the year and for this move to be at the center of it all right um so i like, like again i'm not putting words in shifley's mouth that he wants to go back to center i'm basically saying that everyone who was saying this was a temporary change i'm saying it shouldn't be it may be they, permanent they, they, now it may be permanent now maybe he's a winger for the rest of the season you know and maybe they they try him again at center to start next year if he's if he's here but if this this has to stay uh, for these next few games, uh, uh, but I've got some Kool Aid fuel here. Oh yeah, Kool Aid fuel. Uh-oh, Let's do it. Uh, Dom Lustician from the Athletic has a playoff model that he runs every year. Uh, his model favors the Jets. Oh man, fifty-one. Don't get my hopes. <sighs> it's uh, that's once again up. though very uh, reminiscent though. It's just going to be close. That's the thing. Anyone who says this game, this series is going to be over four or five games. I, unless something insane happens, I can't see that happening. This is ready for Canadian some intense division. games. No. Yeah. Get ready for some intense game six, game seven moments, because this series is going the distance. And these two teams don't like each other. There are still players from both teams that were in that original series. So, and that series got chippy towards the end. So I'm, I, I can't, you can't expect this to be over in four or five, but no. another thing I did want to make mention, and I mentioned it last week on the podcast and I thought about making him the X factor because theoretically to me, he would, he's like a random trade acquisition or trade deadline acquisition after the playoffs. Um, Cole Perfetti. Yes. Good call. So, my thought process is I would assume that he he's been skating. He's now in the red non-contact, which normally means that the guys are getting closer. Don't you guys, you can quote me if you want. My thought is, is that I don't think he plays. I think he travels for games one and two. I'm assuming he is back for game three. Mm. I you still think, think that's early. 
Yeah. I think, okay, game one and two, no, because he's still in the non-contact jersey. I agree there. I think, like, game three or four, he'll start, like, skating regularly. And maybe game, like, five or six. You also have I to just, remember it's the playoffs. Everything I've heard has been bad. I know, but they, Perfetti's, I'm assuming it's his shoulder. I'm just yeah. assuming. I, yeah. Like, it looked like his shoulder when he went off the ice. He's yeah. already now had two major sold, shoulder injuries at the pro level and he's um, 20 21 years yeah. old yeah so i like as much as i'd like to see them rush him back uh well no like obviously if he's not healthy well yeah I, like, i'm just yeah, saying like, i'm i'm yeah. I, from what i'm seeing it seems like he's on a good path that's all i'm yeah that's all i'm trying to say i would assume that he will be back in this series before it was sounded like second yeah. round i would assume that he will be back at some point in some capacity in this series as long as as like we're assuming it will go the distance I think it'll be late. Yeah. I, I, I think it'll be more like game six, game five, game six. If, it, Never, if Nevertheless. If in the first be, round at all. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it is the first round, but nevertheless, whenever you throw him in, it's like making a trade. He hasn't yeah. played in a good chunk, like probably what, a month and a half, two months, something like that, or a certain amount of games, whatever. He, just throwing in a number, throwing a yeah. number out there. But the point being is that he hasn't played mm-hmm. and what he does for the jets in just creating offense with his passing will be an asset to this team because I would assume he won't come back into the top six. My assumption is he will drop to the bottom six, which just adds more offense. And like we talked quickly about last week, Saku comes out Appleton to the fourth Cole Perfetti to the third. Do you not worry though, a little bit that one, it might adjust some form of chemistry and two, bringing a guy in who hasn't played in game action to it in uh, that's the thing if we're if he comes back in the first round like we're saying in the heat of a possible elimination uh does that not concern you a little that it might be a bit much for someone who the extent of his playoff experience in the pros has been uh, a series wasn't it a series loss with the moose yeah um, but no, he we, didn't. It's, sorry. Continue, Brian. He was hurt. You say? Yeah. So he he's he's no, no. pro playoff action. No. Uh, there's a chance that the Jets could be up against elimination or trying to eliminate uh, the Knights. Um, I would be slightly concerned about him getting immediately up to speed into game action. Had he it, it, he hasn't played in several months, and as much as I love Perfetti. Uh, I would be concerned that he uh, could look a little bit off, uh, and like I mean, like like any player, if you miss months and come back into a super intense game, you might not look like yourself. Oh, of course. And the same conversation I would even say goes for Mark Stone. I know Mark Stone has playoff experience, but he hasn't played like Connor said in 2023. Yes, but I I do I have more faith though in him coming back and being an impact guy. Uh, because he's done it quite a few times. Like he's uh, like, sure. I, I watched him come like in Ottawa. He missed a bunch of time with injury. Came back and he was. I honestly, he looked better than what he did before. I just don't know and... if Perfetti. I mean, obviously, we we won't know until it happens. But I just, I I want Perfetti back in the lineup as much as the next person. I'm just concerned that when he does come back, uh, something's going to look a bit off for a bit, and I don't know if timing wise, uh, if that benefits him as a player. Oh, no, for sure. And not that that doesn't cross my mind. Obviously, that comes with any player. You can talk any sport, any player on any team coming back from action after not playing for a while. You need to take a game or take two periods or a quarter or whatever the heck it may be to get acclimatized. But I think 
it's not like he's like my my difference is someone like Mark Stone, yes, like you've said, has come back, but he would automatically probably be in the top six or on the top line or whatever. And so he's gonna be playing lots of minutes right away. The benefit of Perfetti coming back with these lines and the way that this chemistry obviously has run. And it seems like he, it's not like you're bringing back a bad apple. Like we talked about Mark Shifley being a bad apple and he was the other, like the other week praising Cole Perfetti about being like a source of light and happiness in the well, locker room. Let me, let me be clear right? here though. Uh, I, I sounded very apprehensive about it. If Cole Perfetti is healthy and cleared for a return, he comes back in. I want him in the lineup. No, no, it no, for sure. And, and I know, I know what you're, I know you're saying. I, I think Cole is, one of the best offensive minds on this team. Uh, he sees things better than most players do. And I think maybe that's what get, gets him back into the swing of things a little bit is the fact that he's just smarter than most players on the ice, it seems. Um, and he can sort of compensate for the fact that maybe he's moving a bit slower because he hasn't been up to game speed in a while. But um, no, like I, I just, I, more, more, less so for you and more so for people listening. It's, I, it sounded very like, I know, don't, don't introduce Perfetti if you don't need to. I think if Perfetti is healthy, there's no reason in the world you keep him out of the lineup. Yeah. That's the thing. Like if Cole's getting close, you're going to see him probably skating harder than everyone else in the practice just to try and get back up to the intensity. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's going to be a tough one. Yeah. So we've got, a few days until game one. Uh, we've we've previewed the series quite well here. Uh, we're coming to the end of the episode, but I want to I want predictions. I want I want you to stake your reputation on uh, on a on a prediction for this series. Again, it's the most even series according to a few models. Uh, some have the Jets, some have Vegas. Uh, Brian, we'll start with you. Which way do you see this series playing out, and how many games? We all said it's going late, but how many do you think? Um. So. I think, and as we said, close series all the way through. I think it's going seven. And I think it's going to be one of those seven games where, like the, the like the game sevens, that's just the entire game. You're just absolutely losing your mind because you don't know where it's going. I think it's going to be a coin that. flip, but I'm going to take Jets and seven. Wow. Jets and seven. Elliot? Yeah. So I know that this is a prediction. I'm going to, it's going to be weird. I'm going to throw two out and then pick one. Um, my, my, it, it, it's, it's going to make sense in a minute here. So right. if the Jets split in Vegas, I take Jets in seven. Okay. And that's, that is my prediction. I, I'm going to predict the Jets take a game in Vegas and come home with the series tied. There is also a possibility where I see that the Jets don't win a game in Vegas. And it could be Vegas in six. But I'm going to go Jets split in Vegas and it, they win in seven. In overtime with 30 seconds. Cole Perfetti. No. no. <laughs> I'm not going to pick goal score. I'm just going to say with under three minutes to go in overtime in the first overtime in game seven. Cole Perfetti from the fifth line. Um, <laughs> are you with David Gustafson and oh, Axel Janssen Fialbi? No, but Elliot, yep. are you thinking though it's kind of going to be like if they don't split, is it going to be like the St. Louis series in uh, 2019 where the Jets mm. don't win a single road game in the entire series or a single home game in the entire series because they won all of their games in that series on the road? And I think that's the opposite. I don't think they can. W- I think what I think. There's a possibility that they lose two in Vegas. 
They come home. We look great at home and we win two games at home, one in a blowout. And then we go back to Vegas and lose. And then we come home and because we're down three, two bunch of changes get made. Guys are rattled and we lose in a close one in a game six. But my hope and my prediction is we split one. We take one in Vegas, other game one and two, and we win in seven in overtime. Um, before we move on to Connor, uh, I'm going to quickly just drop a little something that I saw on Twitter here. So Scott Billick of the Sun saying that Ehlers isn't skating today, but he is talking, which is typically a good sign for someone who's got an injury because they won't put a oh. guy who's out uh, for a long time in front of the camera without saying like he's out for a long time. That well, I think it's a good sign that you see him talking before a playoff series before they leave for Vegas. Absolutely yeah. true. I, I, what time is that press conference go before I make my prediction here? Uh, I don't know. They're just coming <laughs> over to the tune ice. Down, so, <laughs> hmm. Uh, also, while I'm while I'm here, uh, just announced that game three is already sold out. Nice. Well done, yeah, Winnipeg. It, it, you yeah, know, it takes all of us. It takes, it takes all, all of us and a, a little threat. But, you know. <laughs> you know, if I you believe did sell out that game, night. that would have been. Yeah. Well, okay. no, the, the pre-sale went on sale. Anyways, whatever. We yeah, have yeah. Stock, one, 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 at 10 a.m. and then at, at noon, Playoff everyone else got it. So. Uh, but, Connor, give me prediction. a prediction. If Nikolai Ehlers is healthy, Jets in six. 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 They split on the road. Um the, the that game six in Winnipeg when they're up three two is going to be so electric. The city's going to be on fire. I'm pretty sure it's a Saturday. That it game won't six. be like Vancouver on fire though. Don't worry about it. No, not like that. Um, no, I'm going. I'm going Jets in six. I'm drinking the Kool Aid. If Nikolai Ehlers is out, Vegas in six. Like if Nikolai Ehlers is missing more than two games, Vegas in six. Um, but I think that that's what this series comes down to is the health of Ehlers and Mark Stone. Whichever one returns first, the other team is automatically the better team. It's a race. Because um, it's a coin flip, right? And if you add a bona fide top six winger to any of these teams, Ehlers or Stone. So, um, so what you're saying they're, is they're, it's a battle of the medical staffs. Is more yes. Like it. <laughs> Who has the better team doctor? That's what this series comes down to. <laughs> Screw the on ice stuff. Who has the better team doctor? That's and what who's, I, that's what and I which know. player has a better, uh, uh, what is it? What? What system is that? Not uh, immune system, but um, God, I'm <laughs> somebody will know what science. I'm talking about. Yeah, hey, yeah. someone you want to pull degree on the wall back there, Elliot? Or <laughs> no, I don't. Unfortunately, uh, I don't take one bio course. It's in it storage. Do with humans. Yeah, yeah. No, I think my prediction is this: as the series goes, Jets split first two games. They win both games at home, three-one. Vegas wins game five. Jets win game six. Close it out. Again, well, health permitting. Guys... Goaltending permitting, that's my prediction. Jets you guys six. both gave like qualifiers to it, so I, I'm going to add one to mine. Sure. I think Jets win the series if they win the first game on the road. Like game if, one. If they Not win even... game one, I think they win the oh. series. Mm. I, I, I don't game think... One's important. I don't... I they've don't shown me. a lot Setting of times that if they, get, if they get down, whether in a game or something, something, it always just seems like something's a little bit off with them. I think, though, if they're up... I think they're just going to, you know, fly. The thing is both home buildings are like the two Wild. toughest places to play in the playoffs. Yeah. Like Vegas, when they went on that long run, their atmosphere is ridiculous. They do the pregame ceremony. It's Vegas. Everyone's Vegas needs to be lit. humbled a little. Uh, yeah. 
Exactly. The hockey gods need to correct 20. They've had it too good for their first few years here. Yeah. Um, I I agree. I I think the whiteout game three sold out. Uh, The street parties are going to be electric. Um, Which we have. I I tweeted out a bunch of stuff about the information on the uh, the street parties. So go check that out as well. Um, So that's on the level flight account there. So no, it's it's going to be electric around Canada life. Yeah. Last thing for me, I saw a lot of people on Twitter posting um, that they're they've secured tickets to whether that be game three or game four. Enjoy the crap out of those games because I've been lucky enough to experience a, a Jets playoff game before. I went to a game, uh, to game five. We don't want to talk about it against St. Louis. Um, I went to a game in the Nashville series. It wasn't game three. I'm pretty sure it was game four. So I might be a bad luck charm going to playoff games, but whatever. Stay away. Um, but it is one of the craziest atmospheres you'll ever be a part of. It's everyone's going nuts. I just want to say all those people that are tweeting out that you're going enjoy it uh whether you're going to a street party or the actual game it's the most fun time of the year it's the also Let's... tag us in the in the tweets if uh yes uh, and we'll give you a retweet there because we want everyone oh, to yeah. sort of see where everyone's at and uh you know ch- you know send us pictures of your seats where you're at in the street parties uh oh, in yeah. your jet skier do stuff like that like we want to you know we want to make sure that we get the engagement around the playoffs going and everything and um but no yeah just uh, tag us in the tweets and we'd uh, we'll give you a retweet there to get to get the fandom out. Yeah, just just have fun. Like this is the the most electric time of the year. These games mean something. It's the playoffs. I know we rag on the Jets a lot for the on ice or off ice product, whatever it may be. But this is the time of the year where you can just kind of shut all that off and just these games matter. So yeah, I just want to say to the people going, have have fun um, because it is a crazy experience. We have the environment advantage, so we just bear Ooh. that in mind. The environment advantage. Winnipeg's a mind. harder place to play than uh, than Vegas. I have I, I have seen from many different players, and I oh, it's nuts. It's, oh, it's nuts. It, I know I know Vegas is a pretty good environment, but when you're talking Winnipeg people, just in a regular home game and especially a playoff game. Oh. I, I don't think there's anything else that rivals it. The only thing I will say that rivals it is an Al- a f- fully packed Allen Fieldhouse, which is almost 34 or whatever many games a year. That will be the only thing I will say. But that's where I say that we have the environment advantage because those two places remind me of each other. It's always bumping at Allen. And it's always bumping downtown Winnipeg. So. Another thing uh, I'll add to that is I read on Twitter. I'm not really sure who said it, so I'm sorry if you said this and you're listening and I didn't credit you. That's on me. But um someone said that the jets have the jets fans have been kind of skeptical to like get behind this team because of what's happened this year like the games earlier in the year were selling out they were electric and then down the stretch kind of dipped off the atmosphere wasn't as insane even there was some like nervous energy in that dominant homestand the playoffs all that goes out the window there's no like hesitant like i'm I'm not saying this is what fans should do i'm saying this is what's gonna happen like, well, it's already happened. Get they sold this. out yeah. game three in like an hour and yeah. a half. People are going to get behind this team. And when there's no nervous energy in the building, it's nuts. It's the craziest well, atmosphere ever. So the, the nervous energy so shifts fun. from nervous about the state of the team to nervous about our, the like game. the actual game itself, which ratchets yeah. up the intensity in the, the building. So oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh that that, that was a long series preview. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just glad we got to do playoff content, um, yeah. even if it was in an the first hour year long. of the pod. 
I know. First year yeah. playoff appearance. Maybe it was us. Congrats, yeah. guys. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that we was are fun. the that heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to be doing a ton of content oh, throughout yeah. the series. Um, we're planning on doing an episode, whether it be 30 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever's happening, uh, every two games. So game in between game two and three, in between game four and five. Um, and then maybe if, if there's game six, game seven and all that, we'll just do an episode for each game because those games will be intense. But we're going to do a ton of content. Um, we might be doing pregame shows. I don't know. Stay stay tuned on our social media. We're still figuring out what we're going to do, but we're going to do a lot. Um, so at Level Flight WPG, um, as always, thank you for listening from Elliot and Brian um, and myself. And enjoy these next two weeks because it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year in terms of hockey. But from all three of us, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, go Jets. Go Jets. Happy Whiteout. Go Jets. You've been listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network.